Hello, 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 and welcome to Spiritpreneur School, where spirited entrepreneurs connect. I am Abiola Abrams, founder of sacredbombshell.com and sacredbusiness.academy. I am thrilled, thrilled to huge, juicy, sparkly pieces about today's dialogue. Today, we are speaking with one of my longtime online buddies, Crafty Chica. Hi, Crafty Chica. Hi, Amiola. How are you? I am fine. I am excited. I am thrilled. Thank you so much for being a part of Spiritpreneur School. I am so excited to be here. You have no idea. This is like such a long time in the making. <laughs> it is. It is. And we'll share with them how we first connected. But First, I want to just tell the people all about you, Kathy. So <laughs> let me just let you know about this beautiful, luscious queen, goddess, sacred bombshell that is here with us. She is known as a crafty version of Selena, meets the Hallmark Channel with a dash of Oprah optimism. That is Crafty Chica. Kathy Cano Murillo is a writer, novelist, artist, illustrator, and the founder of the award-winning site CraftyChica.com. This place is a mecca. If you are aspiring to be crafty, if you are already crafty, head over there. She is known for her glittery Mexiboho style. She is a national spokesperson for I Love to Create and a creative influencer for Lowe's Home Improvement Stores. She has a product line that is carried in Michael's stores, and she's a former columnist for the Arizona Republic. That's when I'm around the time that I met you. She has authored nine books, nine. <laughs> Two of them are novels, and she's been featured in the New York Times, USA Today, HGTV, the DIY Network, Lifetime TV, and more. When Kathy isn't designing, crafting, or writing books, she tours the country teaching classes and giving motivation and business presentations. She is a third-generation Mexican-American, a native Phoenician, a mom, a wifey, with four chihuahuas. So, Kathy, <laughs> that's your official bio, your government bio, as we would say in New York. Tell us, in your words, who is Kathy Cano Murillo? Okay, so the real Kathy Cano Murillo is a girl who started off in grade school who loved to write stories and draw pictures to go with the stories. A girl who loved to use all of the highlight markers out of the office supply cabinet and just kind of do some random happiness graffiti along the way everywhere I went. Just sharing positivity and color and fun and happiness and making a living sprinkling glitter metaphorically and literally. <laughs> that is just beautiful and so perfect. And I know that you are an inspiration to many people who have been told as artists, you can't make a living doing that. Why are you doing that? Stop oh, doing that. I mean, that my first experience in second grade, I loved art class. Conference night came, you know, when they hang up all of the kids' pictures on the wall. Yes. My parents came in, where's your picture? And mine didn't, wasn't good enough to be hung on the wall. And it just, like, crunched me because I, I loved it so much, but, you know, I wasn't good enough. And I think that is what really has fueled a lot of what I do of saying, you know what, just because they said it wasn't good enough doesn't mean that I have to carry that with me. So I like overcompensate. Okay. <laughs> so now it's like I, I just go through and push through and, and let go of, 
of that, you know, not being good enough and saying, I'm going to have my own cafeteria wall in my mind and my work's going to be up in there and everybody else's who says they don't fit. So, <laughs> yes, and you are doing that, that your cafeteria wall, I love the word. Um, what did you say? You said glitter graffiti. No, you said something else. Positive. Happiness, oh, I, like, happiness my, graffiti. That's yes. a book title for you. Happiness graffiti. <laughs> yes. And I, I had a similar story where in sixth grade, they made me lip sync for choir. I mean, it's six, it was sixth grade choir. <laughs> Our parents were there. Like, like, it wasn't like we were at Carnegie Hall or something. Oh. So to your second grade teacher, Kathy's second grade teacher, you missed the boat. Look at this fabulous woman and everything that she's doing. Tell us, Kathy, about your family when you were growing up. Were they supportive of your artistic endeavors? And when you said, I want to be an artist, what did the people around you, how did they react? Well, you know, I didn't have, I didn't know I wanted to be like an artist. Mm -hmm. I, I did want to be a writer because I loved, what I would do, I would write little, um, in, in really in fifth grade, this is when it started writing little stories of things that would happen at home, but I would frame it like a sitcom and then draw a picture to go with it. And then we, my teacher would always have me read it out loud to the class because it was funny because I would add punchlines and kooky things that we did. And that moment of seeing people laugh and you know here is like the chubby girl in fifth grade the little mexican girl with my hair wouldn't feather it was you know that was the one thing where i could have been like beyonce at that moment that was my beyonce moment of like seeing them watching and laughing and laughing with me and i just love that and i just carried it through all the way and my family was very supportive um sometimes they're like oh my gosh please don't write about that and but then <laughs> They knew that I would always present it in the most fun, gracious way that made it a fun family memory. So, yeah, they, they always knew that I was the kind of outgoing one, the middle child, left-handed Sagittarian. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That support. Well, you're totally the crafty Beyonce. I mean, that's the new title now, Crafty Beyonce. Here we go. <laughs> I know. I need, like, a gem-covered corset like she had at one of the award shows. I'm like, I could so make that. You totally could make that, and you totally could wear it and rock it out. And Frida, Frida would approve. Frida's there, you know. <laughs> well, I want to let people know who are watching us. You can push the Q&A button if you're listening live and ask any questions that you have for Kathy. Now, Kathy, do you have, I've been posting some of your affirmation cards that you've been making. I would love for you to tell us more about that. And share with us, do you have a mantra, an affirmation, an inspirational quote, or a guiding principle that you would like to share? Well, um, as far as like the, the affirmation pictures, I have just always, we all have grow up with either bad things that happen or bummer things. And you can either use it as a crutch to hold you back and have an excuse, or you can use it to fuel your ambition and do the opposite and so i always choose to do the opposite and to counteract with the glitter right yes. <laughs> and so doing you know i always have a journal and it's like a, the bliss book we're gonna do later on and i always have markers and i just love to sit down and write out things like if i'm having a bad day 
I will list all the good things that happened that day to remind me that, you know, number one, it's not all about me having my first world problems. It's about appreciating the things that did go my way. And if I write those out and look at them, it just like totally clears the air for me. And out of doodling, doodling and doing lettering and writing and, you know, writing fun stories, it just evolved into learning how to draw. And I was always terrified to learn how to draw. I never thought I could do it. And my husband is a fine artist painter. And I would always tell him, can you draw me like a, a juicy girl standing like this? and you know make her hair like this and then finally he said you need to learn how to draw your own pictures and I'm like I can't and he said take another picture look at it study it and sketch and it's a muscle that you practice and you use and exercise and I just used my journal to do that over and over and over until I got good at it. And now look, I've come a long way. So this is like a, a new one that I have. And yeah. single picture, I, I try to make sure they all look happy and upful. So Beautiful. this one says nourish your ideas and they will grow. This one says um, radiate happiness in every step. And I have about 15 of them that I've done over the past five or six years. And they each come to me in a moment where I'll draw the picture first and then the quote will come to me. And it's the best feeling to go to events and I'll have like a big stack of them and I'll give them out to friends or let them pick or maybe I'll do like a random act of kindness and give them away on Snapchat. The other day I was just like, snap me back and I'll send you one of these. So it, it just feels good to like put it in a tangible form and to be able to pay it forward to someone else. And I love that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so that is the gist of it. But it came with with practice. That's, I mean, the main message is that you have to follow through. Whatever it is that you want, that you want to be or what you want to accomplish, you have to know what that destination is. Make your little action list and follow through. And a lot of times when things get hard, we Put it to the side and say, I'll get to this later when I have more time. That will never happen. And the other day I was thinking I was supposed to meet with a friend and I thought, I am so busy all the time that any time is a good time to meet with you <laughs> because it's all the same, you know? Yes, it's so, when you work for yourself, you're never, your to-do list is never done. You're never right. not yeah. <laughs> so I just don't put things off. You know, I, I, I try my best to follow through on everything and I have my little to-do list and it just feels so good to have that sense of accomplishment. Even if they're little things, it just feels good to cross those off the list because it, that's what moves you forward. And yes. so, you know, that's the, the most important thing is just keeping that um, good attitude of saying, you know what, how will this make things better? Or, or, or when I do get in a bummer mood, I, I have to take a second and think, okay, in the big picture of life, how big of a deal is this really? I'm going to forget right. about it by next week. So right. that usually helps me like erase it off the dry erase board in my head. <laughs> 
I love that, Kathy. And you said a number of things that are really inspirational. I just want to recap. You said you talked about the power of gratitude, of you basically making gratitude lists during the day when you're feeling kind of down or whatever, you know, and I always say gratitude is a great reset button. Yes. And that's very powerful that you do that. And um, we shared before we got on the call about how for you with your markers and that that's a form of meditation, being yes. able to do that. So I think that that's really important. Also, just your practice of something that you were you didn't think that you could do and with the encouragement of your husband and yourself you said okay I'm gonna just try this I'm gonna practice it and you put it out there that is amazing and then also you going and giving out these affirmations to people I've done that too and that's what's cool about meeting kindred sisters you see that you're similarly weird and fabulous at the same time that I made uh, business cards with affirmations that I would you know give out to people and I think that that is amazing because it not only uplifts you it furthers yourself it makes someone else smile and makes them happy and it is you walking your talk living your brand as the crafty chica and spreading your glitter and your magic throughout the world Yes, exactly. It's just thinking bigger, you know, thinking, thinking bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thinking bigger. That's what, what I like to do is the long view, looking at the long view of things. So, yes. Yes. So, Kathy, what is your current uh, business model as an artist? I know that there are lots of different pieces. Your stuff is in Michael's. You are creating things. Tell us tell us the whole world of, Ka of Kathy. Okay. World of Kathy. Well, um, so one of the goals that I've always had is to write novels. So starting actually Friday night, I go into hardcore writing mode for my third novel called Miracle of the Sacred Cupcake. It's all outlined. It took me a couple years. So that's going to be really exciting because there's no paint or glue or anything. All the, the glitter and everything is all up in here that has to come out here. Um, I have a, another round coming out at Michael's this fall, and I'm designing some other um, products for the craft store. And you know what? I've gotten into ceramics. Like, ah. Now I do these mugs because I love coffee, so they're like affirmation mugs. <laughs> like, oh, so every mug has a heart painted, and I totally will send one. I'll paint one and send I it to would Love that! Thank I'm you for like affirmation sayings on them, and and I hand paint all of them. I have a kiln in my garage, so it's you know just one of those things where I love to make things. I love to share inspiration on my website, which every I update like three to four times a week with project the blog craftychica.com award winning blog. And then I love to write stories, and and I mean the stories come from I feel like. When people go to craft, there's an emotional reason why we have that need to express ourselves, whether if it's we just came out of something and we want to craft it out, or we're happy and we want to express it, or it's for our someone's wedding, whatever. So the stories are about what gets us to that point to where we want to craft, like what the drama that builds up to that emotional release of, of wanting to craft. So there, it's like juicy fiction. <laughs> yes, and I love, I first of all, I love your writing. I'm a fan of your writing as well as your crafts. I love that you just said craft it out. That is wonderful. I have <laughs> some questions here for you. One of them you just answered. Elisa Lerma wanted you to know that she loves your 
your fiction novels so much. And you get any chance for another one soon. And so, Elisa, you can look for that that is coming on the way. And then you have another question here. Um, and people, get your questions in. Click on the Q&A button that Tiffany C. wants to know, how did you know which talent to maximize and capitalize on what was the trigger? I feel like you answered that a little bit, but maybe you can go well, into it a little bit more for Tiffany. Sure. Well, Tiffany, this is what I do because it's easy to get overwhelmed with ideas and inspiration. So it's almost like you have to manage your inspiration or manage your opportunity. So what I will do is I, in my, again, in my doodle journal book, I make a list of all of the big picture things that I want. And under those, I write what I need to do to work on those. So to become a better illustrator, that's easy. I, all I need is a pencil and a piece of paper. And I can practice, say, I'll say this week during meetings, I'm going to practice different flower petals <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is, that's something I can do. Something for writing. Um, I'll say, you know what, I'm going to write 500 words a night before I go to bed, or I'm going to, you know, I, I set those goals. And it's good to start with the easier ones first, because that's what kind of builds up and gives you confidence to go to the bigger ones. But choose one at a time and focus on that. And once you feel like you've completed a cycle of that, then you can go on to something else. And like this book that I'm going to start, once I, the reason I cranked out these new affirmation things is because I know when I start writing that book, I don't want to work on anything else. I want to get in that world and give 100% attention to that. So it's really being able to, you know, do your best to separate them and, when I'm done with the book, I will be so excited to get back to drawing and doing everything else. So definitely write out what they are, which one will come easiest for you, tackle that, finish a certain stage of it, and then move on to something else. I think that that is such great advice. I, I say that, you know, the idea of multitasking is overrated and, you know, it takes focus, you know, to create something wonderful and exciting and great. Yes. And so for you to put your energy fully in that and be in yes. it, you know, is really, really key and very important. Yes. I think focus is so valuable whether if it's a meeting or a conversation, like you want to have that eye-to-eye -eye contact and really it saves time, it saves energy, everything to really take in what is going on. Because, and I'm not 100% there yet. I mean, I have times with my daughter where I'm working and she'll say, mom, my arm just got chopped off. And I'm like, okay, just put some spray glaze on that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what did you say? <laughs> so but doing your best to like really be in the moment and, and take it in. It helps so much. It does. I think that that's really, thank you for saying that. And I want to talk about those affirmation cards that you showed us and your product lines at Michael's. So tell us first, what are the products that you have at Michael's? And then those affirmation cards, how do they, how, how do they get disseminated? Like can people who are watching buy prints? Can yeah. people, do they become journal covers? Do they become a card deck? Tell us more about all of that. So it's really interesting, and this is a, a business side of things. So, you know, 
I have the Crafty Chica website. I've had it for a while. I build up my aesthetic of what I'm all about. And when you go to work with like a national retailer and a manufacturing company, and they are investing all of this money in you and your designs, it can get really stressful. And it's mass market. And so it's too, um, what we found sells is um, stuff for Dia de los Muertos. And so the whole program is themed around colorful sugar skulls that I drew and some my husband drew with iron-on appliques and papers for paper crafting. Um, there's a special surprise that's coming out in Michael's this year on the line, which I can't say yet. Okay. You know, I kind of mentioned it earlier in the in the podcast of what I like Ooh. to do. Okay, <laughs> we'll have to rewatch and get that. Okay. <laughs> But um, so that's a whole other area of, of product design is knowing what will sell. And let me tell you, I mean, it's fun to do affirmations and glitter and everything, but it comes to a point if you're doing a product line, you have to know how to read Excel sheets. You have to know how many, how much money that power panel has to how much you know revenue it needs to bring in how many what the price points are how many items on each post so that oh my gosh that part is really scary because i keep thinking oh my gosh they invested all of this money in it but you know what this is the seventh year that it's coming back so that means it's doing great sales keep increasing every year and i'm just so thankful to people who go out and support it and buy it because i love doing it michael's has been so nice in supporting it and having a latina designed latino centric product line the first yeah. ever right craft line and then um so the, i think that's where like the affirmation cards i have them as prints for sale on my website and i think that's where that release comes from because where the the design for michael's is very like kind of simple and you know very clear cut this one i can like doodle galore and put all whatever i want because it's my store on my site and so on my crafty chica site that's where i sell everything that i make from mugs to paintings to prints to jewelry all kinds of things and it's just fun to have that range of you know mass market at the store versus my own store online but actually just to let people know if you do have a business it is good to think about if i had a product line what would it be because back in the day like when we first met i actually had paint bottles and i would make my own labels for the paint bottles i had my own book cover designed it was just I believing that I had, I didn't wait for someone to give me a product line. I made my own product line, even if it was just in my studio, but it ended up really coming true. So think about, you know, what would your book be? What would your product line be? And just staying a step ahead of that is really, really helpful because who knows, someday you could be in a conference and meet a buyer from a, you know, a retail chain and they say, so if you were to do a product line, what would it be? You know, it's good to be ready for that. 
It's great to be ready for that. And actually, you bring me to our next question that Denise J has asked. That she, Denise J, wants to know. She says, "Hi, Kathy. I love everything that you're doing. I am also a crafter. Can you please give us specific details about how you got into the Michael stores and what that relationship is?" And so I want to say, you know, before then, one of the things I want to add is that you had a really strong platform to begin yes. with. Around the time that we met, you had a column that you did in the newspaper and you had your blog. You started a long time ago, way before blogs were the in or the popular thing to do. And with my Sacred Business Academy Become the Guru program, I teach people about the importance of platform. So please answer Denise's question and tell us about that relationship and how you did that. If someone wanted to do that, yes. how they would do it. So um, working with Michaels or, or with any type of big retailer like that, I mean, a platform is very important because that shows them that you're a hard worker, that you're going to work to promote yourself. It shows that people are attracted to what you do. Um, it's just kind of like the facts right there. They can see your numbers. They can see, you know, how often you update. They can see if your blog is, you know, looking nice. But another very, very important part is you have to have a specific vision for what you do. You have to have your own signature style that is different from everything else out there. And it is so easy to hop on and copy a trend or write off of a trend. What happens if you do that? You just get kind of lost in the white noise of it. So strive for the wow factor. Like make, make it your own because that's what will sell of something not too different, not way out of the park craziness but I mean just something the wow factor that makes it different and unique so you really think what is my signature style and the same with book publishing go in and look at the area of books and see what has not been done yet that you know there is a market for and you know like the mugs that I did for example I started doing mugs that were um, like kind of had some Latin flair to them and they said peace, love, and cafecito. And and I put them out at a fair and I like sold them all out. I ended up doing 350 mugs that season. So that was really good because I have those Excel spreadsheets where I can show my sales. It's like Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. So when I go to Michael's and I say, you know, I would love for you guys to carry some of my coffee mugs. They're a proven seller. These are my top three most popular designs. How do I know? Because I've been selling them. Like even my affirmation prints, yes, I give them out, but I spread them out and I say, pick your favorite. And I pay attention to which ones they select first. It's my own little focus group where I know okay, this is what people are interested in. So you have to do that kind of um, background work and just keep building on your platform, your signature style, your sales, all of that. So that, um, and then you amplify it through your blog and you build that excitement through your blog because that's how they found me. Actually, I, I was um, like, I don't want to say discovered or whatever, this company called I Love to Create and they made my most favorite glue, Aileen's Tacky Glue, and I would use it in all my blog posts. I would, you know, make jokes about how much I liked it. I would hot link it. 
So then when I went to the craft industry convention and I saw them, they knew me. And they knew what, you know, that I love their products and ended up me doing demos for them and then being a spokesperson and then them doing the product line and, you know, putting it together with their product development team. And then they went in and pitched to Michael's. So it, it, there's no way I could have done it on my own. I don't, there's no way I could have gotten in there. I could have made my own products and I can't do that scale of, you know, having thousands of products produced. So it helped working with that manufacturer that I loved and learning the whole process from them. So that's how the Michaels thing happened. Excellent. Excellent. I think that, you know, you gave very valuable advice there. You built your platform first and then you identified brands that you really genuinely loved, you know, things that you really were using. You hot linked to them. So you were building a relationship with them, even though you didn't know it. And then when you went to the convention, they already knew who you were because you had, you had a very distinctive brand identity of your own. Yes. And even more important than any of that, Going back to the very, very beginning, I had a website sharing what I loved to do. I love making things, and I love sharing what I make. And I feel like at the time, it's when Martha was like mega, mega popular, and she's very minimalist, and I represented all of the non-minimalist crafters. The anti-Martha. Anti-Martha. <laughs> and so that is where it built because I just loved it. And I feel like when you love something so much that that's all you want to do is the middle child thing of, look what I did, look what I did. It attracts you're like a magnet for people to come see, join in the fun of your happy place, your happy bubble. <laughs> and so it's really important to do, you have the foundation be something that you really love and are passionate about. Because even if everything ended tomorrow, I would still be making jewelry. I would still be vending at my local art events here in Phoenix. It just comes from that place of love and passion. And I think that is the magic ingredient that they know like, oh, we want to work with her because she loves crafts. Like she loves sharing ideas. And whether if it's using a fancy tool or just using a pencil, there's something for everybody. There is, there really, really is. And, you know, that's what I love about your work because you're just genuinely being yourself. And, you know, you are from your family. Your husband is a fine artist. You know, your daughter, she has her stuff going on. Your son. Tell us about your family of artists. Oh my gosh. So we're like, we always joke and say, we're like the Latino Adams family over here. Because <laughs> my husband is, is um, Mexican-American with dreadlocks. He has a reggae and Espanol band. He paints Day of the Dead paintings. I do writing and crafting. I was a newspaper reporter, you know, covering entertainment and pop culture. And our kids grew up with all of that. They grew up being blogged about, and this is before there were mommy bloggers or anything. This was like in 2002, 2005 or so. You're one of the first mommy bloggers. <laughs> and I mean, I just wrote about everything that they did. But again, like in fifth grade, I'd frame it like a little sitcom. 
And it's just so fun now to look back and read those stories because I forgot all of those moments and there they are just super clear. And so now that they're grown up and doing their own thing, we never push them to go into art or crafts or music or anything, but they found their own path with what they grew up with. Like my son, his side is the geek life, L-Y-F-E. And it's a gamer site and a sci-fi. And so it's for, you know, anyone who's into sci-fi geek kind of things. Um, and he's a web developer by day. And then my daughter, she her site is Maya in the moment. And she's had that since she was 16. And now she's 22. So she does comedy videos for YouTube. She's um, big on Vine. And just she does, um, you know, spokesperson things for all different products for the millennial market and the teen market. So they each found their own outlet for doing what they love. And they're they're media entrepreneurs and it just kind of came naturally and it makes me feel good i kind of feel like i was a cool mom because <laughs> i was on you know i even though i'm still the dork mom at times like my daughter just got me on snapchat or, or on, even on vine i'm also on Vine, and these little kids will like say you know mean comments and i'm like i'm gonna tell her she's mean and my daughter's like she's 12 let it go mom like, you're, you're the mama of vine the vine mama <laughs> <laughs> so it's been really fun i mean our family has traveled all over every year we do the crafty chica cruise and we have 50 women that sign up from all over the country and we go to Mexico for seven days and we craft, they give us the um, conference room and we just like craft our guts out like every night on the cruise ship with cocktails and glitter and everything. So it has been just an awesome time with, you know, everyone getting involved with it and making it their own. That is amazing. So what business advice then would you give Kathy for someone who wanted to start their own niche blog, you know, like you, like you, like your kids, and they wanted to make money with their blog? Like what, how, what are the steps okay. they should take? What, what should they do? Well, the main thing is um, you have to be open to options. You, you can't go into it thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire out of this, or I want to make my house payment out. What kind of house? I guess we make our house payment and our car payment, but we don't have a mansion. We have like a $900 house payment. We bought this house almost 20 years ago, and we thought no matter what, we can always make our house payment. We want to make a living doing writing, art, and music. Like this is what makes us happy. So we adjust our lifestyle so that we can do that and to travel. We're and all packing up and moving to Arizona. Everyone watching, right? <laughs> Let's all pack up right now. <laughs> we're going to build an extension on the <laughs> Okay. We'll have a craft compound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like realizing the, you know, crunching the numbers and and knowing that it's not just one it's going to take a few different avenues to get there because with what I do, I teach online courses. I have art that I make. I have the product line, spokesperson, sponsored post on my blog. Um, there's like, I don't know, 10 different ways that we work to bring in income. 
So that way it's never just relying on one way. Because if you just anything, if you put all your eggs in one basket, that can be kind of tricky. So you, you have to be ready to do the crafty hustle. You know, you have to be willing to adjust your lifestyle and do the crafty hustle. <laughs> That's another title. These are great titles. That's another title for a course or something, the crafty hustle. <laughs> well, you have another question along those lines, Kathy. Um, tell us, okay, Karen D wants to know, she says, thank you for sharing your journey. Hi, Kathy. What advice do you have for new self-published authors and speakers who want to get their name out there? Thank you. I think you started to answer this in the crafty hustle, but what else can you tell Karen? Um, okay. For your book, I would take advantage of um, things like the Facebook ads. You, for $5 a day, you can promote your book and have like a call to action where they can buy it. Um, reach out to, you could look up similar books that are in your genre, see who reviewed them, like Google it and see who reviewed it, and maybe reach out to those bloggers and see if they will review your book. Um, set up your own book signings around town or every place you travel to, set up a book signing. If depending on what the topic of your book is, sometimes <laughs> you can connect with a school or a university or where you're speaking at and um, tell them in lieu of a speaker's fee, they buy, you know, X amount of copies of your book to give to attendees. And that's something that I learned after my books had come out where I'm like, oh, I wish I had known that because I do so many speaking gigs and I would have much rather had the book sales than a speaker's fee check because you want to really get those sales numbers so that you can take it to the next level. <coughs> so that's my advice is, you know, um, is to just get it out there, work with other people to promote it and Facebook ads that are inexpensive and you see about bulk buying from, from speaking groups. Yes, that is such, such good advice that my uh, speakers bureau, he, uh, one of my speakers bureau agents, he calls that priming the pump like that. And a lot of people, you know, big people, huge people do that. Like they have uh, the group, they mandate that people buy a certain amount of books. Yes, exactly. And see, I don't have everything in check. Like I do speaking for, you know, motivation or for blogging. And my books are women's fiction novels. And there was an event recently when I did like this awesome speech. I was so proud of it. And then afterwards, people came to buy my book and they're like, the Scarlet School of Patternless. Like, <laughs> so what I put that in my radar, like, okay, let me get this novel done. And then the next book after that, I want it to be a nonfiction book that fits with the things that I speak about. That way I can have that book to sell that fits along, you know, like if you like my speech, you know, here's my book that you, you can get yes. from the book. So I'm still learning too. you know, everything, every day, every experience is a chance to learn and improve. 
I think that it's such an unfolding and you know one of the things that you touched on earlier that I think will be helpful I would love for us to go deeper into is how do you manage Kathy dealing with rejection um, either from you know people that you pitch or present your work to or you know people saying oh well that's stupid or we don't like that that a lot of creative people we're highly sensitive and yeah. we get crushed and crippled you know in a way by by that rejection how do you deal with that well it's part of the whole process um you know i have seven nonfiction books out of that that came out of 23 different book proposals so out of the 23 that i spent hours on and i made and i put together seven of them sold so the others are rejections you, you just you know but what happened like with one of them that i really wanted to do the editor was like, okay, I this book we pass on, but do you have a sewing book idea? And I'm like, I have a proposal for that. <laughs> that's how my sewing book came to me. So it's just always preparing. The hardest thing was probably the fiction because um, it took me like three years to even do my first outline of my book. And this is like, oh, when I was at the newspaper and sitting among really talented arts writers and columnists, and, you know, he, I was the, the probably the third level movie reviewer, the mom writer. And I'm like, oh, I'm working on a novel. And a couple of them laughed. Like, they thought it was funny. And then they caught themselves like, oh, you know. And I just thought, hey, that was so embarrassing. And so when I finally turned my manuscript into my book agent, I timed it for him to call me with his feedback while I was sitting there with the because yeah. we could all hear each other's phone calls and conversations. And I had this vision, Abiola, that he was like, I love it. This is great. You did a great job. We're going to fast track this, this, and that. I've set it all up just like on TV, right? Just like in a movie. So You're such a great storyteller. I'm like, what happened next? What happened? And the first thing he says is, this thing's a mess. He goes, it has no timeline. The character doesn't change enough. It doesn't evolve enough. You know, I don't even, I, I don't even have any notes to give you because it, I didn't even get through this far. It was, and he is talking so loud and I, I'm like taking notes like chickens, not even writing words, just pretending like I'm writing. And I will never forget my teardrops falling on the notepad and like smearing the ink and the whole thing. And they all heard it. And I hung up, you could hear a pin drop and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry, Kathy. You know, that was pretty brutal. I'm like, it's fine. You know, it's okay. You know, who do I think I am that I could write a novel and, you know, it's, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to stick to what, you know, my crafts, that's what I'm good at. And they're like, yeah, you rock at crafts, everything. And I put it away. I'm like, I'm done. I tried, you know, it sucked. And I had to speak at a writer's conference a year later, the Chica Lit Writers Retreat, and to teach a, a shrine making workshop for writers to help build their characters. And all these writers are reading excerpts from their book. And I got it. I knew what I did wrong. 
And I'm like, oh my God, I know how to fix this book. And I went home and I took it out and I, I redid it. And that time I ended up with a new book agent and she was like, I can sell this. I can, this is great. great." She gave me 11 pages of notes and I like had to rework, rework, rework. That's where, you know, following through, following through. And then fast forward to like a few years later, I had already left the paper and I had got my book deal and everything. And we were having a newspaper reunion. And this one guy, we were all like drinking cocktails. And that day as I ran out to the meeting, I grabbed the mail, I shoved it in my purse, I opened it and I go, oh, cool. And then he says, remember when Kathy was trying to write a novel? And I go, oh my God, you guys, look, I just got the draft cover of my novel. Yes, you brought it. Yeah, face was like, you know, and I, he goes, you finished it? I go, I did. I knew exactly what, you know, it took me a while to get there. But that just shows that even in the lowest face of humiliating rejection, and that's just one story. Oh, my gosh. I have several others. You have to get it together. And if you really want it, you will finish it and make it happen and instead of saying oh it wasn't good enough or oh that was so embarrassing I'm just not meant to do it no I was like I know what I need to fix this and I'll keep going until they tell me no and then that's what I know to go on to something else (laughs) persistence 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 and so we're gonna have that guy go sit over there with the second grade teacher he can they can go sit over there that's that section real nice guy he really is he just you know, I just, after that, I never talked about it again. So he, he never realized what was going on. And, but now he, he like cheers me on and he's so kind and everything, but it's just funny the way the universe works. Yeah. And what's the interesting thing is that, you know, a lot of times when we're looking for approval from other people or looking for people to believe in us, some of those people, they just don't even believe in themselves. And so we can't, ask them to believe a greater vision for us when they can't even fathom that vision for themselves. You hit on such an important point. You cannot do things to please or impress other people because at that point in my life, I needed to be validated by these other people that I worked with. I wanted to have the same respect that they had and where they were writing art stories, I thought, well, if I write a novel, that will put me closer to their level, all the wrong reasons. And once I was able to step away from there and just get in my own zone of saying, I want to share an uplifting story and you make it fun and entertain readers and show a different side of a contemporary Latina you know, who is active in the creative arts industry and came from, you know, didn't have the same struggles as like some other, you know, um, books that we've known about that are also, that are really awesome books. I just wanted to show like my experience of, of growing up. As soon as I focused on that, that's when things happen. So you can't do things in order to impress other people. Kathy, what does your average day or average week look like? I know that for entrepreneurs, it varies wildly, but I know, but I also know that to accomplish all that you have, that you're a fairly, you know, you're a pretty disciplined person in the chaos. Like you said, Fridays, you know, you, then it's going to shut down and it's writing time. Can you tell us a little bit about what the schedule looks like? Um, I am a national spokesperson for I Love to Create. And so they're the ones that do my product line. And I also 
um, use all their products. I, they also are a ceramics business. So I teach classes for ceramic business owners who own like entrepreneurs who own ceramic studios. So during the day, it's all about that. It's all about creativity and, um, you know, making projects to show off the products and designing product design, that kind of thing. And then, um, so I just focus on that because again, being in the moment, I want to give 100%. And then, you know, in the evening is my time where I'm like either I'm drawing or I'm working on, um, you know, blog posts. And I also do blog posts during the day, too, if they're like craft projects and things. So it's just it varies from day to day. And then but you know what else? It's not only writing and making things as a blogger now. It's pictures, video, editing, making graphics. Um, brainstorming ideas, all of that goes into it too. So I could have a project and it could take me an hour to make, but it could take me two hours to take the pictures, process the pictures, edit them, make the graphic, all of that. So there's a lot of that. So nighttime, I just do what I want to do. But I will tell you one thing that I have to do is I had moved my computer into the art studio Mm -hmm. And um, tonight I'm moving it back into the other room because it's so easy to get distracted with, um, you know, social media and, you know, Facebook and everything. So it really distracts from being in the zone of just creating and making things. So if you, this is another little tip for everyone. If you find yourself too much online reading what everybody else is doing, that's why I made that one painting that says, get your life. Yeah, you got to get your life. And I listed all the different ways you can go get your life. Like stop reading about other people's lives and go get your own life. And that's, you know, something that's hard to do with so much social media going on. We have to like find a, a right balance. Yes, get your life, find your balance. For people who yes. want to see that, I posted it on Instagram, Instagram at Abiola TV, and then you can buy it and, and link to it uh, in the craftychica.com universe. So, Kathy, I have about three more questions for you, and then we are going to go into making our bliss journal. Uh -oh. And so I'm really excited about that. You mentioned all of your multiple income streams, and you've been very generous with sharing with us how you do what you do. So thank uh -huh. you for that. That I want to talk about prosperity and abundance, that so many creative people have issues around money. I know that I certainly did for a very long time, that we have cultural memes like, um, you know, starving artists. We have yeah. religious memes like, you know, um, money is the root of all evil and all of these things. And, and and a lot of creative people have issues with, you know, taking in their money or dealing with abundance or prosperity. Can you please speak to that a bit? Yes. And this is something that I just came around to these past couple of years. And I give credit to my friend Nellie Galan. If I don't know if anyone has heard of her out there, of helping me change the way my relationship with money. Because I was the same way of like, Oh, the starving artist or just asking, asking for enough to get by enough to pay this bill enough, you know, just in feeling like, um, you know, I'm not either I'm not worthy or it's bad. And then she helped me see that it's not about money. It's about abundance. And it's about when you are able to have abundance, 
you can do better with what you have, the skills that you have, the knowledge to be able to share. It takes the stress off of you so that you can have bigger vision, do things with a bigger vision. And so I change my, no longer do I say starving artists because I believe when you're an artist, you have more ways of income than anybody because you can think of so many different ideas of ways to make income with being an entrepreneur or just whatever, being creative. And so, and I also started thinking about, um, this sounds really cheesy, but I think of myself as a magnet for abundance. I do too. Yes. Bed at night, I think I'm a magnet for good things, for opportunity, for health, for abundance, and I will do good with it. And I made some changes in the way that I even work with brands and companies. Whereas before, they would if they'd say, you know, what is your fee? And I never would know what to say because each one is so different. And now I say, you know what, what is your budget? Because I can see what I can do to fit in that budget. And believe it or not, a lot of times the budget is pretty close to what I would have asked for or sometimes even more. But it's not, if I, whereas if I, in the olden days, I would have asked for way less. And because I would think, oh my gosh, I'm just so proud to have this opportunity to do this. And you know, you don't have to pay me or just give me enough for the supplies or whatever. And now I'm like, the brand is coming to you because you offer something because you have value. Yes. And so now over the years, it's like, you know what? I am a designer. I'm have designed for all of this. This is the range. This is what I'm worthy of. And it's said raising the bar and setting it higher and it's to do big things. And there's a lot of people in the world, good people with prosperity, doing good things. Why can't we be one of those people too? We deserve to be there too. So you have to believe it and see it and change your way of thinking out of the martyr syndrome. You know, and like in our case, we make more money, we can help send our kids to college so they don't have loans. You know, we want to teach our kids how to make money so they can travel, so they can, you know, see the world, so they can um, not go into debt of, you know, buying things that they can't afford on loans. And there's just like a lot of different ways to um, use it in a good, good way. Yes. You know, to, and, Another thing is, you know, your lifestyle, adjusting your lifestyle. I've never been the type to want a big fancy car or anything. I would probably like deck it out in crystals anyways or paint it or something. That'd be awesome. I know. So I never think I've never been into like designer stuff or anything. And, and now it's, I love to kind of declutter and say, you know what, I just like the open space of things because they're just material things. I would rather use money to go travel and see the world and to invest in a business or like Nellie says, buy a building or, you know, buy into, use it smarter, think big. So that's my take on it is that it's, you know, don't be a martyr with it and don't think that it's way out of your league or think that you only have to win the lottery. You know, that's no, you're, you're able to do, but you have to make a plan and follow through. 
I think that that's, thank you. That's so spot on and, you know, is going to be very encouraging to people. You're such a positive light in this world <laughs> and on this planet. Please tell people, number one, how we met and how we connected. I feel like that'll be a fun story for them. And then number two, how did you learn how to love yourself and become such a positive person? Were you always this person? How did you become you? Um, well, the way we met was back when we were both podcasting. Podcasting had just started. 2005 and, or 2006, yeah. like that? Yeah. I listened to your podcast and I just felt so connected because we touched a lot on similar topics. Yes, we did. From parts of the country. And it was just, I just got inspired by everything that you did. And then when I reached out to you, you know, when you, when you write to someone, you don't know if they're going to write back or if they're too busy and you like wrote back like right away. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> And it just, I just loved listening to it. And, and I told you earlier, like there was one day when we were vending at an event and I was still in the mind frame of like the martyr money syndrome. And I'm like, oh, we need to make enough to pay our electric bill. We haven't had any sales. And we were in this beautiful location and everyone was shopping. And I was just thinking about, you know, how much we could sell with our things of, and um, I just took a walk. I said, I'm going to go walk around the botanical gardens. I listened to your podcast. Oh, I changed my mood immediately. I'm like, I need to get in control of my energy because I need to snap out of it. And I like power walked back to the booth and I just stood tall. I greeted each person. I just enjoyed being there. And as soon as I let go of the stress of that, that's when we started making sales and we, we like sold out of you know a whole bunch of stuff but it was it took that reminder from you of your podcast. Yeah. So, it's so cool to see how it has all evolved and you're still doing all of this so it's really really neat and as far as me coming into my own you know the way i see it is that there's a lot of reasons for me to self-loathe i mean i've been overweight all my life you know, if I want whatever, I could dig deep into things. But you know what? There, again, it's writing down the good things that I love that make me me. And who knows if I had been a super skinny person, I could be in a totally different, I could not be doing what I'm doing now. I could not be on this path. I could be, you know, on another path. And this is the path that I feel that I'm meant to be on. And, um, it's, this is, I'm here to stay. I have a long life to live and I might as well do the best with what I have. And just last week, I actually signed up for Weight Watchers, which I'm so excited about because before that, it was like always trying Atkins, like bread is evil and it wouldn't work. And so I thought, okay, instead of, you know, being bummed about this, take my own advice and do something, set a goal and follow through. And so I already have that long-term vision of being healthier and saying, oh my gosh, that's what I used to look like and that's what I look like now. I already see that in my head and I'm excited to get to that point. So it's always working on self-improvement. You know, it's we're going to be here for the long haul. We might as well invest in ourselves to to grow and to flourish and everything. Yes, and you're beautiful and perfect right this minute. Oh, I think that you. <laughs> yes, you're beautiful and perfect with Weight Watchers, without Weight Watchers, and <laughs> anything in between. 
Halloween. So <laughs> the last question just came in and then we're going to take 15 minutes and make our journal for people who want to hang around okay. and do that with us that um, Tina wants to know how did you build up traffic and an audience? I have a new blog. How can I get attention? Okay, so what you want to do is make sure to, um, these are some things you can research also, is check your SEO, like make sure you have your keywords in your title in the first paragraph and search your URL. Oh, no, no, wait, let's just tell them search engine optimization is your SEO. Give you some Google juice to get in there. Um, you most important though, you want to have good content. You want to have content that here. My dogs, my chihuahuas. Here, your chihuahuas. You have six of them, right? Five now. Oh my gosh! But um, you want to make sure you have content that is exciting for people to read. So something where they're learning something, or they're inspired, or that moves them emotionally, or that teaches them something, that's the most important thing. You can't just put stuff up there just to say you have a blog, because no one will look at it. You have to put something that is will add value to what they do. And then um, you want to make, if you can, make a graphic, a vertical graphic that has a picture with the text saying what it is that can be pinned onto Pinterest. And make sure you have your pin button so people can pin that so it will come back to your post. And then um, amplify it on the different social media brands. If you put it on your Facebook page, maybe boost it for a day for $5, get some views. If you're putting it on Twitter, um, write like a fun headline. Like I always use this example, like if I did fabric wrapped hangers and instead of putting fabric wrapped hangers tutorial, I'll put, oh my gosh, look what I did with all my extra fabric. And then, yeah. it, so then it's like, oh, what did she do? You know, just something that sounds fun and, you know, not like cheesy clickbait thing, but something that relates to what you're doing, but in a more entertaining way. So it's really good about building up traffic that way and connecting with other bloggers, you know, like maybe sharing their content and see if they will share your content. Um, find out what message boards there are. Like on Facebook, there's all different groups that you can join. And they have um, a weekly thing where you can share, post the link that you want to share. And then everyone goes and clicks a like or gives it a tweet or something like that. So just be consistent with it. Set a blogging schedule. Um, have engaging content. Have nice pictures. Um, one tip, just it's pleasing to the eye. When you put pictures on your blog, make sure they're all the same width and pixels. Like find out what that width is. Is it 600 pixels wide? And make every single picture you ever post always be 600 pixels wide because it just looks a lot more uniform and polished. And build a newsletter. Build a mailing list so that you can, you know, capture those email addresses and share. I know that's what you're really good with, Abiola, is, is you know, sharing everything, all the exciting things that you have going on. Absolutely. Yes, you do too that, you know, and you're also like very big on Instagram that all of these things add value to your tribe and help uh -huh. to create a community. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many tools now. I mean, I'm still learning, you know, like for WordPress, those of us who are on WordPress, you know, the tags feature, 
I never really used those a lot on WordPress. And then I found out that they're like hashtags and they feed out into Google and into WordPress that features articles from bloggers. So it's good to use those tags on WordPress too. Great advice. So Kathy, we're, what I'm going to do is I'm going to close here. I'm going to give another intro because I'm going to cut this into two videos, but okay. people stay here, although I'm telling you all what I'm doing. But so thank you, Kathy, kind of for this incredible Spiritpreneur School talk. Let people know where they can find you, what they should go out and play with, purchase, make, whatever, the whole Kathy universe. Thank you. Well, my website is craftychica.com. I have new content every week of things to make and things to make your life easier or more colorful. There's also a store if you want to buy a mug that I painted or one of the affirmation cards. Um, if you want to read my books, you can find them on Amazon. My two novels are now on audiobook. So if you go, if you belong to audible.com, you can, you know, buy them through there and just come check out my site. All my social media handles are Crafty Chica. Um, my latest one is on Snapchat, which has been really fun, you know, so I've like been getting into that. Um, I do Vine. I'm Crafty Chica on Vine. And then Instagram, YouTube, I have a new video every week. And pretty soon if they will be more fabulous because we have the studio getting built right now. <laughs> so yeah, just stay crafty. That's the whole thing is be creative. Um, make a list of the things that go right in your life, even if it's, you know, every day, even if it's saying, I got all green lights on my way to work today. <laughs> a balance sheet, just to keep it in check, you know, you never know when it will come in handy. You never know. That's awesome, Kathy. And a, a Spiritpreneur School new course for you and Maya, a great one would be um, how to use Snapchat and also Vine. You know, she's a Vine okay. star. That would Those would be great classes that you guys should do together. So, okay, so I'm thanking everyone for watching us here. And now we are switching into our Bliss Journal moment. So welcome to this video. I'm Aviola Abrams of SacredBombshell.com and Sacred Business Academy. And we are here with Chris. Crafty Chica! So go to our other video and watch our Spiritpreneur School conversation, but right now is all about the Bliss Journal. Kathy, take it away and tell us what it is. So I call these Bliss Journals, and I actually have several of these. And I start with a blank book, and I just decorate the pages. There's two ways to do this. Number the first one, my other books in the, my other room over there, but I use markers. I always have this set of um, tulip fabric markers because they come in all these beautiful colors for shading and they have two different tips on them. And so whether if it's fabric or paper or watercolor paper, I just love to doodle. And then this one actually was, it just started, you can see the back here. It's just like watercolor paper. And I just went one by one and I glued a tin heart here and it says me gustas. That means I, I love, this is what I like. And then I just colored all the outside here. And this is a little page that I did like, you know, why don't you speak Spanish? And, you know, cause I'm still learning Spanish. And I thought, well, I'll craft it out, you know, put it in, yes. in my book. So I also put pictures. Um, 
just little fun things and I do little cards inside. And so this is one of them. Another one that I have, um, this is a story with, you know, with my husband, this one, this one guy I sat next to at, at the newspaper, he was a cartoonist and he would always draw these cute girls cartoons. And I'm like, will you draw me, Eric? And then look at what he drew. <laughs> Eric, it's cute, but you're just way cuter than that. And so, you know, I have like pictures of friends and things. So this one is more like um, stickers and cutting, like more crafty where I sit down and cut things up and glue them down. And each page is a glittery story. Um, I have another one. Oh, I got this big book. It's, uh, it's called the um, Stories of Love. And it chronicles all the great love stories in American history. And I started making an altered book out of that. Like I would cut a hole and make it a little book or, or put a love letter in there. But this is the most wildest thing. So when I first got the book and I was decorating it, I would write little affirmations of things I wanted to happen. And then I like put it away and I forgot about it. And then a few years later, I pulled it out. I go, oh, my love book. And I opened it and all those things came true. Like yes, of different, course. Ways, yes. different ways than I had expected them to, but they all came true. And I'm like, what a great idea for like a movie or a story or something. And then when my daughter, remember a long time ago, my daughter had her first love breakup. I and I thought you contacted me and told me she was going through a heartbreak. Oh, yes, I remember. You would say, can you put a note in your love book that we get back together? And I'm like, I can't. I'm like, it just doesn't happen like that. Like it was just kind of a one-time thing. But then I have another book that is just blank pages and you can get them at Barnes and Noble. They're like $10 and I mean, either a pencil or just the markers. I pack them in my suitcase, the book and the markers. If I'm on the plane or if I'm in the hotel room or at nighttime when I just need to clear my head, I just draw or I'll do sketches for affirmation things. So first of all, the first step is to choose what kind of bliss book that you want to make. Do you want it just to be a doodle book where you can um, have a, a glue stick and, you know, tear things out of magazines and glue it in there? Or do you want to have a full-on crafty book where you have a little pouch that has a glue stick and mini scissors and gel pens and markers and pencils? So decide which one you want that fits your personality. And then you can go get pick up a blank book, um, a blank journal. They have them lined or unlined. I prefer unlined <laughs> and then you just have at it. And if you don't know where to start, they sell some like this. There's other ones called smash books that actually have stickers and tabs and a glue stick on the other end of the pen. Super handy. So this one I got at Michael's and it's just a book of all different types of papers. It's really nice backgrounds already. Cool. Already designed the background for you, and you can just add in. It has like little pockets and things in there. So that's kind of a shortcut way. 
This is pretty cool. I want to just share something, Kathy, that this is really exciting for me to make this video with you that, as you know, I'm from a pretty creative family as well. My dad is a writer. My mom's a writer. And my sister is a visual artist, Molly Abrams. And she just has had a residency for the past year at the Center for Book Arts in New York City. Oh. And she her exhibit just opened this Friday, which was an oh altered, with, you know, altered books and yes. Books oh, that he made, and so, oh, you know, so yeah. So this is very exciting, and that a side of me that for everything that I've shared, I didn't not share it on purpose, but it just hadn't come up. Is that I've I've always made also I've called mine goddess dream books or yes. like vision board books or treasure map books. So oh. I fully believe and and know that you know that's why what you created you know came came into fruition because you put the vision out there yes. and and here is a a goddess oh, dream book that i, I made that. Um, oh my gosh in like 2005 i think this one is from um and it's all like coming apart now i'll, I'll do some photos and we'll share it i'm going to yes. share it um love to share um, that oh, that is like different you know things i have it upside down and turned away but you know i'll take still photos and i'll post them so that you guys can see them and bask in them so and i think it's important to do that because we're so much i mean doing digital photos and video and all of that sometimes you just have to turn on the music and just let yourself be creative and documented old school style and that way, it's it's just so cool to look back on it and see the things that came true or see the things, oh, I forgot I wanted to do that. Let me go back and revisit it. It's just a good way to do that. And, you know, even I, I do, um, I blog for um, HP, my Printly, their website, and my recent project is a zine, how you can make a mini book just out of one sheet of paper. Yes. So, oh, that's awesome. Yay. Like having one pencil is all you need for creativity one sheet of paper you can fold it up into a book and if you go to their website myprintly.com you can see my video tutorial it's so easy you just fold it and you snip the top and you have eight pages and you can open it up and do a collage on top and so one time i did um like a little affirmation book so i wrote up favorite quotes from different authors and things and i cut them out and collaged them on there and then folded it and then i made copies folded it up into books and handed those out at a, a book event and that way it's a neat little calling card it's a great like the the lady who had her book coming out that's a great book promo because she can take out little quotes and put them in there and you know it's just a fun way crafty way to promote or spread something fun that is awesome. Okay, so give five quick steps. Five quick steps. We're going to call it a sacred bombshell bliss book. Five quick steps, and they'll do it afterward in their own time of what they should do. I've got my paper. I've got my scissors. Okay. I've got my glue. Give us five steps, Kathy, of okay. what we should do to make our sacred bombshell bliss book. First step, um, give it a theme. What is the theme of your book? And then start page by page. You want to create some kind of background. You want to have a focal point and some accent, smaller accent pieces, and maybe a quote. Like think you maybe you think of the quote first and then build the graphic design around that. And then you know you can embellish however you want. Don't force it, but clear time to do it. Like 
say, I'm going to put one thing in my bliss book, you know, once a week, I'm going to do a page in here because you're documenting your life like this moment right now will never happen again. And you're, and we're like making history at this very moment and you, everyone in their life at that moment documented in some way, you know, of like, what was your favorite quote of the day? And have fun, like watch a YouTube video on lettering so you can learn how to do pretty lettering. You know, teach yourself a new skill. Use your book. Give it a sense of purpose where you're learning how to, you know, do lettering or you're learning composition or you're just putting your favorite quotes that motivate you. Um, your vision book, like you had of all of those things. Make it so that it is a bliss book. So maybe it's the book where you go in and you write down the things that went your way that day. You yes, know? yes. Our gratitude yes. book, our happiness book. Yes, the things that, the good things that happened today. And I know sometimes people, like if I write about gratitude, sometimes people will email me and say, I'm so tired of hearing about gratitude. I don't understand. I'm like, but well, it works. I know. I, I tell. I told this one lady, well, then don't call it gratitude. Call it whatever you want to call it. Call it, you know, just making the list of things that happened good today, things that didn't call suck. Call it happiness graffiti, <laughs> your happiness no. graffiti list. Yeah, exactly, because some people aren't as perky as we are, and it's hard to, like, <laughs> to see it in a different way, so I'm like, just make it the things that didn't suck today, you know, if that's yeah. the way you have to work it, you know. <laughs> And, but the main thing is just stay at it, keep at it. And, it, and it's, I'm a deadline focused person. If you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to do one page a week and it doesn't have to be over, overly complicated. I'm just going to do something on it, you know, stay with it. And because you're documenting who you are, where you are, and what you're doing at that moment, your frame of mind. And it's just like a flip book, you know, like when you draw the little corner and flip yes. it. That's what your book will be. It's going to be like telling that story of yes. who you are, what you're doing right now. Or, and it can also be like with, with, like you did with the altered book with the love letters, kind of a vision board book, or is yeah. like, like a visionary board of, uh -huh. of like, or, you know, creating the world that you would like to see come into fruition. And one of the things I really like, Kathy, is that your book was very 3D. Here's another one that I did. This is a, this was specifically, I call it a visionary oh, board piece and it has things hanging and you know it's like a 3d sort of experience of like you know that I put together and this one was specifically for manifesting and creating you know things that I want to see and so any um we, we're out of time but so share with us any parting magical glitter to make their bombshell on the vision books is that if there's a fine line, and I know this from experience, there's a fine line between being creative and making a vision book and using it as a method of procrastination on your goal. <laughs> so you know what? If you have a goal, do your vision page for it, but get working on your goal. Because again, I did I did a vision book for my first novel for three years. <laughs> I don't want to stop and just write the book. <laughs> well, how do you deal with procrastination, Kathy? A lot of, you know, creative people are blocked by that. I've been making videos about that lady how, lately. How do you deal with that? 
know what? I don't have time for procrastination. I just I love don't. that. That's a quotable. Yes. You know what? I just don't. I mean, I have my moments. Yeah, I'll have one day. I just need to shut down and watch six episodes of Mad Men on the couch. <laughs> and that's fine. But then I pick up and just get through. I don't let myself say I have writer's block or anything. It's just procrastinating. Yes, I love that. I'm writing that down because that is a quotable. And that's what I'm going to be making a little <laughs> Pinterest card, Instagram card with your photo to say, I don't have time for procrastination. So thank you for this, Kathy. And hopefully we will connect in New York soon. That one of my friends, he lives in either, I can't remember if it's, this is terrible and very New York of me, whether it's New Mexico or Arizona, but <laughs> I'm hoping to visit him sometime this year. And if I do, then that, you know, I would love to come and see you in person and hopefully I'll see you in New York. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Abiola. Hi and much love to everybody out there. Much love to you, Kathy. And we look forward on your blog on craftychica.com. Um, all of my coconut oil from my hair, by the way, is like dripping all over me. But um, we will come by and see more pictures, hopefully of your, your, um, your prior bliss books. Yes? Yes, definitely. Okay, absolutely. So thank you so much, everyone, for watching. This has been an incredible experience. I would just like to say namaste to you. The sacred bombshell in me sees, adores, and accepts the sacred bombshell in you. Bye.